Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field here to talk about the home opener coming up here, Wes. It is a Sunday noon kickoff at Lambeau, Packers versus Saints. And the Saints are coming in with a 2-0 record built largely on the strength of their defense allowing only one touchdown through the first two games of the season. And that touchdown occurred with like just over a minute to go in game number two. This Saints defense is, I've been saying it's probably the toughest test for Jordan Love and this Packers offense for at least the first half of the season, maybe for the, maybe on the entire schedule. I would agree. And just what Dennis Allen has done with that unit. I mean, you forget 10 years ago, just the roller coaster that those Saints teams went through because Drew Brees would be throwing for 5,000 yards and then they couldn't stop anybody either. And, you know, it's been a steady progression for them. But, you know, Dennis Allen has sort of been the exception to the rule. This is a league where defensive coordinators, one, don't tend to last very long for one reason or another, positive or negative. And two, in in having success that has slowly built up. I, I think when you look at these Saints defenses, They've gotten better every single year Dennis Allen has been there. The, the training camp practice we had here last year, super impressive unit, but I think they've even taken yet another step. And the, probably the most impressive thing of all to me is that Larry McCarron said this when we were doing three things on Wednesday, and it's true. They have name-brand talent at a number of positions, but even more than that, they have ageless wonders at those spots. I mean, Cameron Jordan, if you've ever looked at it, has one of the most satisfying box scorer career stat lines I think I've ever seen I mean he went years by playing in every single game and although he did miss one last year and the year before it actually has allowed him to continue the streak of 16 starts a season yeah and he continues to be a top playmaker the honey badger I mean you see Marshawn Lattimore coming back kind of a scary incident last year and you know returned at the end of last season and he's built back as good as he's ever been it's a very dangerous unit for Jordan Love and this Packers offense to tackle, but also an incredible opportunity to show how far this offense has come in a short period of time. Yeah, yesterday when I was uh, putting together a story on the Saints defense and I was looking up, you know, with regard to Cam Jordan, Demario Davis at middle linebacker, Lattimore, and Tyron Matthew, like you said in the secondary, you start adding up the the all pros and the Pro Bowls and stuff, and you lose track because these are these are extremely veteran, extremely accomplished players in this league. They will have to make one significant adjustment in the secondary because starting safety Marcus May, who has an interception this season, has been suspended by the NFL for a violation of the substance abuse policy. So he will not be on the field at Lambeau. But this defense, it it uh, it started to hit its stride in the second half of last season. You you look at how 2022 went for the Saints. Seven of their first nine games, I believe, on the season, they allowed, you know, 24-plus points or something like that. Seven out of nine. But then in the final uh, eight games last season, they did not allow a team, any team to score more than 20, and that streak has now continued into 2023. They're at 10 consecutive games not allowing more than 20 points, which is one off of the longest such streak by a defense in the NFL basically in the last 25 or 30 years. So um, a major test for 
the Green Bay Packers for Jordan Love. And we'll see what happens with regard to where things are on offense. Christian Watson is back at practice. Aaron Jones is not. Elton Jenkins is out kind of on a, he's on a week-to-week uh, basis right now. David Bakhtiari essentially is week-to-week as well from what we know at this point. So we'll see just who all is out there come Sunday. Um, the one that we know for sure won't be, I think, is Jenkins. Um, everybody else will have to see what happens. Um, but as we talked about on our last show, the Packers were putting together a pretty good offensive performance despite being extremely shorthanded in terms of some of your major players against Atlanta. You've got to you've got to be able to you know bounce back from that rough fourth quarter, pick up where you left off in that second and third quarters in Atlanta, and try to uh, try to capitalize on the opportunities you do get against a tough unit. Yeah, one of the big points I've been stressing this week, and a lot of my writing has been remembering what you did well in the third quarter but learning from what happened in the fourth yeah and you know Packers got off one thing not enough people really talk about and it's a story that I'm writing this week it's something you and I have discussed is the fact that Jordan Love for all of these games that he's played so few of them have actually come at Lambeau Field I mean the times in which he's gotten in and gotten some experience now he finally gets that home field advantage. The Packers have to make that count. And we'll see what, what tools and, and weapons are going to be around him in this one. Certainly it was a positive sign to see Christian Watson being able to practice again on Wednesday after returning last Friday. That's a big, big check mark there to make sure there were no setbacks in his rehab. But David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and Aaron Jones, that's, that's three of the best at their position, not on this football team, but in the National Football League. And, and they're going to have to overcome that. At the same token the New Orleans Saints are dealing with their own business right now. As you mentioned, May gets suspended. Elvin Kamara is still on the suspension. And now Jamal Williams has this hamstring injury that likely is going to sideline him on Sunday. So now they're looking at a young backfield that's going up with Derek Carr. The most intriguing thing to me, and I, and I don't want to end up sounding like a broken record here, Mike, but watching these turnover margins and differentials in the coming weeks is going to be really critical because, yes, the Packers have done a great job of protecting the football. They need to extend that into this game against the Saints because they're going up against a New Orleans offense that has been a little inconsistent in recent years. And while they have made the transition now to Derek Carr, you know, Carr has one touchdown. He has two interceptions. He's been sacked eight times. There is opportunity out there, but you have to make sure that if this game is going to be 17-14, you get the points to win those type of games. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say about Carr with him taking over now in New Orleans. You look at, and it is only just two games thus far, but you look at the stats, you see 64% completion rate seems to be pretty efficient. But the two interceptions and the eight sacks definitely jump off the page after two games. There's, there is the potential to disrupt things, to make things difficult on this Saints offense. They won't have Kamara in the backfield. It sounds like they won't have Jamal Williams. That's certainly going to put an even bigger spotlight than, uh, than normal on Taysom Hill yeah. and how the Saints are going to use him, whether it be as a straight tailback or as a wildcat quarterback or um, whatever they want to do there in their receiving core. They have right now. They have kind of the the one two, the combination of the old pro with the young rising star. Yeah. You got Michael Thomas. You got Chris Olave. Um, those guys and and Derek Carr is a veteran quarterback. You figure it's not going to take that long for uh, for all of those guys to get on the same page. But I think the big question with this game, based on 
how well the Falcons ran the ball and and ultimately used that to come back and defeat the Packers in the fourth quarter last week. What are the Saints going to do to run the ball? Because you know they're going to they're going to want to attack the Packers and their run defense that did not perform well last yeah. week. But by the same token, you can't just you, you can't just ignore what you do well, which right now they're not the greatest rushing offense because they, they've had so many moving parts in the backfield. It's, it's 100% correct, Mike, but there also is a young man down there in Tony Jones Jr. whose best game in the National Football League came right out of the gate against the Packers in 2021. Uh, 11 carries, 50 yards. That was a tough day for the Packers trying to defend the run. Jones was the complimentary back in that scenario, and he ran the ball really well. He's never run for 50 yards again. I don't even know that rookie, that, that 2021 season, if he ended up running for another 50 the entire year. But he has that confidence in his back pocket if they have to turn to him in this game. For me, though, it does go back to the tricks. It comes back to Taysom Hill. The Packers have actually done a pretty good job defending Taysom Hill in the, in the past few years. Elvin Kamara, a little bit of a different story. But Taysom Hill, they've been able to keep him somewhat under wraps. You have to imagine, though, they are going to be cooking up and, and coming up with some interesting plans for him. Obviously, last week, we saw what he can do with the ball in his hand, get him in space. He's still quick, even though everyone wants to talk about the age number. He kind of plays beyond that. And then, as we were talking about before we went on air, you know, Rashid Shahid is a guy that has really impressed me as a former college free agent that, again, has made some critical plays for them both last year and now going into this year. And he gives you a special teams aspect of that, that you know, game as well. The New Orleans Saints went and got Derek Carr for a very specific reason. It's almost kind of like the New York Jets light. They had a team they felt could compete to win a division title. They had a team they felt could compete to actually get to the playoffs. But they just made either too many mistakes when Jameis Winston was in there, or they just got a little bit too blasé when it was Andy Dalton. Derek Carr gives them a little bit more of both worlds there, the playmaking and also the protection. And that's what they're hoping to build this thing off of. They were hoping with that signing and that acquisition that they were that player away from being able to make this thing happen. Yeah, absolutely. I want to get to our keys to victory here for Green Bay, but first a little bit of sponsor business. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, keys to victory. We've already dropped a few suggestions here and there, but if you were to put something at the top of the list, Wes, what is the A number one priority that will get the Packers a victory on Sunday? This is not going to sound great okay? because it's the home opener at Lambeau Field and there's 78,000 <laughs> people there that are revving and raring to go and you want them to have as entertaining of a football game as possible. But for me, it's that if the game gets kind of boring, if, if it, there isn't a whole lot of sparkle happening, don't be the ones that make the sparkle for the Saints. The Packers have to be smart. I, I think where you've seen these, these two victories that New Orleans has had, it has been predicated on the opponent making a mistake and the Saints taking advantage of it and ultimately using that to win. Green Bay has played really clean football. I don't know what the percentage possibilities are of going three straight games to start a season without a turnover. This would be appreciated, though, if that can happen in this game. And defensively, it's getting back to what they did well against the Bears. 
getting in rotations with that defensive front. I, I sat here and I pontificated about, you know, Kenny Clark and Preston Smith and being able to kind of keep some reps off of these guys. They need young guys to step up once again against the Saints. It's easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, stop the run. But that has to happen because the Packers need to keep an eye on Chris Olave on the back end. They need to keep an eye on some of those big plays downfield. If the Packers can win this game in the trenches up front and force maybe a turnover or two along the way, that's going to help out Jordan Love's cause and hopefully getting his first win at Lambeau Field. It sounds like the way you started things is what you're saying is don't force it. Right? Don't force you it. You, you can't. You can't try to take something that's that's not there. Even if it gets boring. Yeah. Even if it. Yeah. It, seriously. And no. and and the urgent the, there's there's going to be some urgency there. And and it, here's here's the way I see this game when I look at and I understand two weeks is a small sample size. We're just in week three here. But when I look at the Saints' first two games and everything about this defense and and how well they're playing, the Tennessee Titans kicked five field goals. The Carolina Panthers kicked three field goals before they scored a touchdown. The scoring opportunities are there. Um, teams have not saying they've gone up and down the field, but teams have moved the ball well enough at certain points in the games to give themselves scoring opportunities against the Saints. In that Tennessee Titans game, I looked back at the numbers. Three of the five field goals that Tennessee kicked were 31 yards or shorter. Yep. That means those possessions were deep in the red zone, but they couldn't finish the drives. If the Packers are only going to get, say they're they're going to follow the same pattern as, as the Panthers or the Titans, and they're going to get four or five scoring opportunities in this game, it comes down to, are you going to score touchdowns? Or are you going to kick field goals? Because if not to say you're going to score a touchdown every single time, but if you get enough touchdowns in your scoring opportunities as opposed to only kicking field goals, or as the Panthers did, kicking field goals until the last two minutes of the game, yeah. that's going to be the difference between whether you have 16, 17 points on the board or you're up there in the 24 to 27 range and breaking this streak of New Orleans holding opponents to... 20 or less for for 10 consecutive games i believe the packers are going to have chances to score points it's going to be a matter of of whether they whether they cash in and uh and that's ultimately going to going to decide this game i do think the packers defense is going to bounce back from its performance last week i know i talked all off season about how the packers defense has to stop you know this roller coaster thing which which was the story all of last season where they play really well and they don't play well and and they go they go through these ups and downs well they just had a down they just had a down game certainly a down fourth quarter in atlanta so they have to bring it back up again but then uh, um but then try to stay there as best they can i think it comes down to um, what are the Packers going to do with the scoring chances when they get them? Yeah, and honestly, play like a team that plays outdoors. It's not going to be cold, but I mean a team that is built for this type of environment. I think historically speaking, you can't take one season and just translate it to another, but the New Orleans Saints are typically a much different team when they're on grass as opposed to when they're in the Superdome, as opposed to when they're in those climate-controlled environments. I think the Packers, it's been a long wait to get back to Lambeau Field for meaningful football, not just preseason. Yeah, Making sure that you can actually capitalize on that is going to be imperative because 
there are so many things. I, I just think about this. I've been kind of manifesting it in my mind a little bit on how this game could start. And I mean, just imagine with Jordan Love being able to get off to some of these quicker starts that they have, being able to put points on the board in the first quarter. For a Green Bay Packers crowd that is just ready to come unglued for this young guy, there's no better way that you could start a football game. And I think one of the big things we never talk enough about, because you're absolutely right about the points margins and everything like that, but the emotional upliftingness of a touchdown, of putting 25, 30 points on the board, is all the momentum that comes with that. The Packers have to be able to take care of that. Yeah, absolutely. And and with regard... I lost my train of thought there for a second. I could say one more thing. Go ahead. If you want. The Green Bay Packers, we are going to have a big transition with iPhones, with your Packers app. Yes. So if you are coming to the game, there's some great little tidbits on Packers.com that you could find that is actually going to give you some information to update your app so you can access your tickets. Yes. You're going to want to do that before you come to Lambeau Field and then cheer for Jordan Love. Yes, that's a great reminder. The update update your app so you don't have any issues with uh, your tickets. We're in this whole all-electronic ticket world, right? you got to have everything with your phone working right, or mm-hmm. you're going to be standing out in the parking lot going, how do I get in? You but I don't want to be in that situation. As I said in Insider Inbox, my dad has already done it. And if my, God bless him, my 62-year-old father can do it, <laughs> gosh darn it, you can do it too. <laughs> All right. The other thing I was going to point out is that, uh, you know, you have to make, and it's, it sounds funny to say it this way, you have to make the fourth quarter failure last week in Atlanta count for something, which means that you've, you've, got, to, you've got to learn from it. You've got to, understand, you've got to understand why it happened. And on both sides of the ball, defensively and offensively, you have to understand why it happened, what led to it. And... But by the same token, while while learning from it, you can't dwell on it. You can't yeah. let you can't let the one bad quarter beat you again. And then you have another game coming up, you know, four days after on Sunday. Don't don't let one bad quarter of football suddenly turn the whole first quarter of your season upside down. I think uh, Matt Lafleur has always had has always had a really good mentality and a really good approach to how to deal with coming up short, how mm-hmm. to deal with failure. And this was and and on the offensive side, this was Jordan Love's first first time, you know, stepping into that crucible of crunch time in an NFL regular season game. And uh, um, you have to you have to make the failure count. Make it worth something so that you're better the next time. And I'll I'll close with this. Uh, Matt LaFleur has not been in a joking mood this week, nor would I try to be a comedian. But, you know, when you look at what happened in the fourth quarter, I, I really am reminded of that story he always likes to tell about his time with the, with the Houston Texans. Yeah, his, now, first, his first year in the NFL as a lowly offensive assistant yep. for the Houston Texans going up against Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts. And, and the Packers weren't facing Peyton Manning in this game, but it, it does again remind you of, you know, 12, 13, 14-point leads. Yeah, if you feel really good about it. You have that confidence and that swagger, but they really can go quickly. Uh, and, and I think for a young football team, that's the biggest benefit right now. Yeah, Matt LaFleur and the coaching staff, they've experienced it. A couple of these veterans on this team have experienced it. Guys like Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed and this young roster, they might have gotten a taste of it in college, but 
realistically, those are the eye openers that kind of remind you that no league, no lead is safe in this league. And yeah. You have to make those opportunities count. You have to really put your, you know, your stamp on these games when you have the opportunity to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Quickly before we go, a couple of other games in the NFC North to pay attention to. Let's the go Falcons. Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> who just beat the Green Bay Packers, now go to uh, Ford Field in Detroit to take on the Lions. So the Falcons playing Packers and Lions in back-to-back weeks, and then the Packers and Lions are going to play one another on Thursday Night Football here coming up. And then we touched on this one also uh, on our last show. The Chargers are going to Minnesota, two teams that are both 0-2, two teams that nobody thought would be 0-2 at this stage. And barring a 70-minute stalemate, one of these teams is going to be 0-3, and and beginning, and with they you both s- made the playoffs last year. And you saying that you know two zero and two teams that nobody expected, just like Sunday Night Football now, where you're going to have a two and zero team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the defending NFC champions in the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that I don't think many people expect to be two and zero either. So like it, it just shows you that regardless of whatever the narratives are around these teams, to use another old Matt Lafleur line, you got to do it on the grass. Yeah. And, and the Buccaneers going to and, and taking on Philly now with a chance to really get off to a fast start, that's one thing. But U.S. Bank Stadium playing host to this game, this could get real bad real quick for the Vikings if they don't attack this thing the right way because while the Chargers are 0-2 and while there are the Brandon Staley questions out there, they have lost those games very by narrow, very, very easy for you to again. say. Very narrow margins. Very narrow margins. And one of those is to a Miami Dolphins team that suddenly, you know, NFL pundits are already talking about them being a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. So the reminder is there of how important it is and how crucial it is to win these games. And then also from the Falcons' perspective, you know, Arthur Smith, I was watching a lot of the interviews this week. Not that they're feeling themselves. I think they've taken the right mentality, but the NFL is feeling the Falcons now. And, you know, an opportunity after getting – and having this incredible 2-0 and start, which is the first time in however many years they've done that, to go 3-0 and would be really important in a division that looks like it's going to be a complete you know, race right till the end. Yeah, when you, have, when you bring a brand-new potential rising star into this league and he does what, what B. John Robinson has done in the first two weeks where, where you're getting a glimpse of what that young man can do, but everybody who's watching it knows that, as the old cliche goes, that's just scratching the surface. Like, there's 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 no idea, there's no ceiling as to just maybe what that young man could accomplish. And guess what he gets to do this weekend? <laughs> he gets to face the Detroit Lions. So, we'll very see. interested to see how that one plays yeah, out. Absolutely. The narratives potentially coming out of that game could be expansive. Yeah, absolutely. With that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team and everything from Sunday's home opener at Lambeau Field. Packers and Saints will have it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.